0: The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at buckeye BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907 and American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. Yeah, I can hear you. Howdy, y'all. You're listening to
1: the Yak Legion
0: podcast. I'm Zach Carell, and tonight it's me and Justin Marshall. What's going on, man?
2: Not a whole lot, man. I appreciate you having me on. How you doing?
0: Oh, pretty good. Now, I just had you on the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast, and that's sponsored. That's the official podcast of the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, and uh, you had just won the Strictly Sail Cincinnati Lakes event up here. It was a five-lake tournament. Um, anglers had a choice of between five different lakes, Cowan Lake, Stone, Stone Lake Lake, Winton Woods, Sharon Lake, and then A.J. Jolly Lake in, in Kentucky. So we even had a spot for Kentucky anglers to come up and fish this um so congratulations man he went out there on Cowan Lake today and tore it up man good job
2: thanks I appreciate that I had uh let's see this is probably the second this is the second year I've uh participated in the Cincinnati I think it's the second year yeah I'm thinking second year participated in the Cincinnati kayak fishing uh event and I did it on Sharon, Sharonville Lake. Is that right? Sharon Lake or Sharon Lake? Yeah, that was like Lake? three years
0: ago. I think, yeah, you've been doing them for three years because I've been, me and you started doing them the same year. And I've been doing tournaments for three years.
2: So this is our maybe third
0: I, year, I think. This is your third year doing the Buckeye events, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe,
2: maybe I skipped that Cincinnati fishing event last year, but. Yeah, I did uh two of the lakes and i um, I plan on eventually uh, it's cool how they branched off into Kentucky to to incorporate uh some of the people who live who live there but I I plan on eventually um trying each leech lake. W- Winton's got my attention. I'd like to try Winton soon. Um I think the winter has come out of there a couple of years back and Yeah, there's a few year. times I believe
0: that the winter's come out of Winton Woods. And I think biggest fish last year was out of Winton Woods.
2: Mm-hmm yeah so i like to try to fish them all at some point coming year
0: sharing a couple a few years ago and uh, i think we each got a yeah. limit but no big size to any of the fish we caught out there they're all you know i think like 12 15 inches i think i caught some eight inches i scored i think that was a tournament where we could actually score the eight inches
2: i actually had a couple scored yeah i needed that around that time i'm not too sure i got a limit but i, I remember having to uh, I remember I had like a eight or nine incher flop off the board, and I was heartbroken <laughs> about that eight incher. And then I got to measure like one or two other eight inch, later or nine inch fish. I was yeah. desperate then, and that was also before. Um, you know, I've, I've learned quite a bit in the coming years. So that was that was a uh, that was a little while back there. So I wanted to get you on the podcast tonight to talk
0: about your transformation, man. And I've known you for a few years now. Um, you started fishing, bass fishing modestly on the rivers with Brad Hicks and me and then a few other guys. You know, you do some river trips and lake trips. But now you're you're a stick out on the water, man. You've won the, uh, the Dayton Rivers event. Um, you won um, the Memorial Day tournament. I can't remember who sponsors that one out at Kaiser Lake a few years ago. Do you remember who did that one? Which one was that? The Kaiser Lake event
2: that you won. Oh yeah, that's put on by uh, I'm not sure of his name, but it's put on as a like a, a fundraiser for money towards FF uh, Future Farmers of America. He puts it yeah, on. Yeah, St.
0: Parrish High school.
2: school, I think, did it. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, something like that. He either started it when he was going. That kid was starting uh, when he went to that high school, and he's still doing it, but. They're on like I think this will be year six that they'll put that together. I I've I've participated every other year. I didn't do last year. I'm not too sure if I'll do this year. Maybe if there's not a Memorial Day event going on. Other than that, that I want.
0: There'll be the Buckeye event. I think your video just froze up on me. You there? Yeah, I'm still here oh okay yeah um the Buckeye does an Ironman tournament for Memorial Day weekend so you have those three days um you can fish anywhere you want and I think that's when I went out there and fished that Memorial Day tournament at Kaiser I think I was doing both then I think both of us might have been doing both um yeah you could do the Ironman which is an online tournament so you could kind of fish anywhere that weekend and then they've done the Ironman on Memorial Day um you know the memorial day three-day tournament for the last few years that i've been participating at least
2: yeah i haven't participated in that iron man event yet but uh um you said that's an online event
0: yeah yeah it's an online event it's three days um yeah you basically you got three days to submit your fish and can come out with a five fish limit uh, it's always a good one because that's always a popular weekend to fish. Uh, it's usually the first. It's the unofficial beginning of summer, I always call it, because it's always usually pretty yeah. hot on Memorial Day weekend, you know. That's so it always is. feels like summer on Memorial Day weekend, it's, even though it's unofficial. It's not summer yet.
2: but So, man, getting yeah.
0: into it, man. What was your first kayak, dude? What was your first experience out on the water?
2: First experience out on the water? I don't remember yeah, day one. Just... Yeah, the first kayak I had was just a sit-inside um, Future Beach 300, I think it was. Just a blue sit-in kayak. Nothing too special about it. I think the guy at Dick Sporting Goods talked it up a little bit to me about the shape of the hull, So I uh, <laughs> it being a little more sturdy, so I just kind of went with that. Had some ideas about where I wouldn't put rod holders and ended up putting a dash on it made out of uh, – plastic cutting board and put some rod holders on that had my fish finder mounted right in front of me it was cool while it lasted but it it wasn't too much longer out of that i mean same story everybody else has right they either started to sit inside or um quickly upgraded so it was probably i might have had that that i might have had that for two years actually or close to two years um because it, it was working for me and It was a new experience getting out in a kayak. This was seven years ago, just as an idea to access other parts of the river other than the bank. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lasted about two years, and I upgraded to uh, my first sit-on-top. It was a tank. It was the Perception Striker 11.5. Oh, I know that kayak very
0: well, because that was my first kayak.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was actually a pretty fun one to be in. You know, it had the seat molded into it, and it had a two-tier seat. You could get the upgraded um, seat with a backer, a little with a back on it for all, for you, but uh, it had, like, the two-tier. You could just, like, slide up to the top if you wanted to sit a little higher. I just thought that was so cool, and I got a, a discount on it at Gander Mountain before they closed for my birthday, so that was my second kayak.
0: That's a decent kayak it was stable being a big guy like i am i felt comfortable in that kayak i mean give give it about two or three hours on the water i'd have to get out and stretch my legs because it was a very uncomfortable <laughs> kayak to sit in but
2: uh definitely for the price range it's a good kayak for the money $450 yeah it was uh it did the trick It's a 500 pound capacity you could yeah. Put a ton of gear on that. I had a lunch box and a crate and several rod holders in the, in the hall.
0: <laughs> All kinds of stuff. So when did you move to Jackson Kayaks? And I know you've been a Jackson Kayak nut ever since you got your first one.
2: Yeah, that happened about eight months after I bought that Perception Striker, and it was just kind of the thing to talk about at the time. It was it was a big name that had. Mm. Had grown and everybody was was taking out the Cuse HD to do their tournaments in. This is before the pedal drives really hit hit hard and you know took over the market and uh, uh yeah. So I, I just kind of went with it. it was, I have a habit of not just buying a kayak and you know, I'll look into it, but I don't necessarily uh, sit in it before I buy it. So. <laughs> And and I wanted the colorway that they didn't have. It was at Great Miami Outfitters, which was in Miamisburg at the time. Now it's in Centerville. When they were carrying uh, a variety of Jacksons. And I wanted the Bahama colorway. So I put $900 down to get that. And then I paid the rest of the $900 after they got it in. Um, So yeah, it was eight months after. After I bought that other kayak and I was able to re, I've, I've been able to resell all my kayaks. They're, they're really maintaining their, their uh, resale value. And, uh, oh, a hundred percent. And now Jackson
0: kayaks, I actually heard about them before I did about any other kayak company just because i was watching hank parker on the outdoor channel and he did an episode where he was in a jackson kayak and um i was like holy cow man people and that's that's sort of one of my first experiences with uh getting a taste for kayak fishing because i saw kayaks as an affordable way for me to get to some quality water and uh I saw Hank Parker out there on a, on a Jackson kayak and Jackson was even a sponsor for the episode and uh, it blew me away, man. So I had actually heard of Jackson. Uh, it was huge name back then. I mean, it's still big
2: now, but it was huge in the beginning of the kayak industry. Definitely. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's That was the name that I heard about and I was exposed to the river bass tournament, which you yeah, had Drew, Drew Gregory and, he was talking up all the jacks and stuff so it was just kind of something people were were really into and, and upgrading to and uh i fell right into that and i'm glad i did it was it was a good boat i used that for probably well, i was in that for four years
0: yeah you're thought, in that a long time seems like most of our fishing trips we did you were in that kayak
2: yeah, I, I could use it on a lake, you know, regardless if it was a little bit harder because I had to paddle to a spot, I could use that there and go over and use it in the river where I was using it the majority of the time. So I don't regret making that purchase at all. I've since moved on and, you know, tried other brands, which is, uh, I'm always about that. It's For me, that's kind of what it's about, is to be able to try all these different things, um, not get too you know, absorbed in it to a brand. Yeah. Yeah. And just be able to, I'm all about being able to try something to be able to speak to it. And I think that that's a part of my journey as being an angler. You don't have to be locked down to this one brand. You can try whatever you want, whenever you want to try it. And, uh, you know, not that if something was to come my way and you know I really had, had tried it myself and had confidence in that, that I wouldn't mind repping a brand or something like that, but um, it's been nice being able to, to try something and then see something on the market and be able to just go right to it without any, any obstacles in the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what kayak are you in right now?
2: I just got the native watercraft Slayer Propel Max 12.5. It's, nice.
0: So you finally broke away from Jackson and you're trying out the native kayaks. I've never been on
2: a native kayak. Well, I still got the Jackson. My whole goal was to have a, a river kayak um, where I've actually, I still have the, the, I have a 2019 CUSA HD, which is great for the river. I love being in that kayak. Gets the job done. I have a lot of confidence in that after being in one for four years. This will be year number five. So I wanted to have a tournament rig and I wanted to have a, uh, river kayak, which I don't need a pedal drive in the kayak in, in the river, as uh, well, it's just not needed. But I do just find Need something I can paddle around, and not have to worry about tearing up the drive and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You fish a lot of shallow rivers around here, like the Little Miami, Great Miami. Uh, well, the shallow parts will certainly sneak up on you pretty quick, and I don't have to worry about that. So I, I paddle for the river, and uh, I now have the pedal drive, which is. Really, really changed the way I fish. Um, was, the first tournament I fished was the other day, and, and I, I won. Uh, but it was partly a huge part of it is being able to, to say, okay, I want to go to that spot and not have to be limited anymore. I can just start pedaling. I know I'll get there within a reasonable amount of time if I plan accordingly. And that was kind of the whole goal is to to kind of break away from being uh, limited on the amount of spots i can pick because i'm going two miles an hour and i need to go a mile and a half that way you know so yeah,
0: especially when you have to cover water and cover long expanses like you have a game plan and say like the place you want to
2: fish is as far away from a boat ramp man you got to put in the miles to get there yeah i'm i'm all down for a little bit of exercise i don't i don't mind that whatsoever but um, that's kind of beside the point when you need to, when you have, you've done some research, you know, you need to get somewhere or you want to try somewhere or someplace has given you, it's all part of the game plan. You know, you can get there a heck of a lot quicker. Um, it's it's to help your fishing, not not necessarily to, to help you uh, <laughs> if you want to get a workout or not. It's all about just getting there when you need to get there.
0: Yeah, I like to have that rod in my hand instead of the paddle, you know? <laughs> especially yeah, when noticed, you're on a
2: big lake. I certainly noticed a big difference with that as well. Less less time correcting how I'm sitting in the water and more time. Uh, I've, I've made I've made a heck of a lot more casts just because of having the pedal drive. And I've been able to back myself up uh, when having a fish on so that I don't have to correct myself while battling a fish while trying to get a net so yeah nothing against
0: the paddle guys but the pedal drives do give you an edge in the tournament scene
2: it does if you're going to new places and you're not familiar with stuff or you know the size of the lake is um, smaller than like some of the lakes around here but yeah if you're if you're new to some place it's a it, it's, it makes it works wonders for you Having that pedal those pedals there
0: Oh 100% man So I had another question I kind of wanted to ask you um, you, you know the past year or so You've done really good Over the past couple of years you've done really good In your kayak fishing I mean you've won two Buckeye kayak fishing trail tournaments now uh, You won a smaller tournament before uh, I say you've become a, a, a stick Up here in Ohio man Congratulations on that but looking at yourself now, what would you do if you went back in time and talked to Justin Marshall in the Pelican Kayak? What's three pieces of advice you would give him for bass fishing now that you wish you had learned when you were back there
2: in the Pelican Kayak? Uh, well, um, I certainly don't consider myself a stick. I do appreciate that. but uh, Oh, don't I, be I modest, feel-
0: man. You're doing really good. <laughs>
2: I, I did do good. I do give myself credit for doing the research and uh, planning accordingly and, and coming through with that. But uh, I, don't, I don't think I want to be considered a stick. I don't think just yet. Cause then people start to expect certain things from me and, uh, and by no means there yet. But uh, geez, looking back three pieces of advice I would give my beginning kayak fishing self. Oh man. That's a tough one. <laughs> I really, I really like the the pace at which I've done things. I, at first I was starting out in the sit in. I feel like it was okay. The amount of time it took me to upgrade the kayak because I, I really am into this. And I feel like you should invest in the things that you really do enjoy doing. So there was nothing wrong with the way I did that part of my fishing game. Um, I've always been a pretty patient person. At first I was in college when I first got into kayak fishing and, um, really just kind of took my time. I I took me probably four, (laughs) probably took me four years before I actually hit the, the tournament scene. Didn't even really hit it like that. I, I just gradually tried a tournament. Okay. Next year I'll do, a few more of these maybe focus on these uh type deal okay next year i'm gonna increase that and do a little bit more now i'm gonna try for so i really like the pace it which i've done things i don't i don't think i would change anything about that um i think at first once once i did start to hit the tournament scene getting consumed with the hearing all about the pro staff stuff uh I, I don't really people go crazy with the pro the pro staff stuff, yeah, I never really got involved with it. I've tried a couple things outreach reach out to a couple different sources didn't really care for it and um, so I think I did everything with that fine too maybe not wanting to get involved with it like keep keep doing what you know and Uh, sticking to your experiences and what has worked for you rather than getting consumed up in, uh, something somebody else has used or their experiences and trying to imitate that or trying to be something where you just need to work with, with what you have and you need to work with, uh, um, what you're able to do and do your own thing and make, make your own angler, um, Cause everybody's different. Everybody else has their own story. So I think, I think that's, that's just about it. I don't really, I'm pretty happy with the, the pace at which I did things. And, and even now I'm, I'm still trying to not do too much, but, uh, certainly set some goals for myself. Maybe I would have started setting more goals from the beginning. Um, even though I was just getting into it, I probably would have, uh, you got to set goals in order to, to get better. Even if you're not on the tournament scene necessarily, <clears throat> just in general, make sure you set your goals and then write them down. Um, I didn't start writing down goals until two years back. And once you start writing down a goal, whether it's just on a little notepad or whatever it may be, it then becomes an actual goal. It doesn't just become a thought anymore. It's actually written down and solidified and it uh, becomes – little more real to you and you're more likely to chase after it and achieve it so that's really all i got for that wow so you set goals and you, you
0: strive to accomplish them uh what is a recent goal that you've set for yourself and that you've accomplished
2: uh well I would say recently and as, as in within the past year or two, I wanted to win a trail event um, tournament. And I did that last year with the Dayton rivers experience. Um, I learned, I've been learning the river in general, cause that's what I've uh, been more attracted to. That's the type of fishing I enjoy more. Uh, but as, Becoming a well-rounded angler, both tournament-wise and just in general, I've fished lakes and done my homework with lakes and stuff, and I, I want to learn that as well. But um, that was a recent goal. Winning, winning a trail event. Uh, I also want to win. I mean, coming up stuff, uh, upcoming things, goals that I have that I haven't necessarily accomplished yet. I want to do. I want to win a KBF event. Uh, I'd love to win East and West Harbor one year. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, we're doing
0: that event twice this year. The Buckeye Trail is. We're doing it in uh, early May, and then we're
2: doing it again here in July, collaborating with KBF again. Yeah, I will be at both of those. Um, that That was a fun one to do.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun last year when we went to East Harbor, man. That's a great lake.
2: All those waters up there are awesome. Yeah. So I guess you could say a recent goal that I have accomplished is diving in and doing my homework and I wanted to read a few books and and I did read a few books over, over the winter time, moving in uh, to this season. So it's nothing, nothing too big, just kind of a personal thing. And so, Gotcha. Well, that's a great answer, man. I like
0: that. So before we end this tonight, um, Everybody listening, you guys, I did an interview before this with Justin about his win at the Strictly Sale Cincinnati Lakes event. Um, You guys check that out on Buckeye Kayak Fishing. Uh, He goes into detail on how he won. And uh, you talk about a lot of the books you've read over the winter. So it's definitely a good one to listen to if you're listening to this one. So my big question for you is it seems like you've got a lot of motivation. You've got motivation to set goals and you've got motivation to accomplish them. What do you think motivates you the most in this sport?
2: The motivation in this world. Yeah, what is, keeps
0: you coming is, out here? What keeps you wanting to get up here and win these trail events, man? What's motivating you?
2: One part of that is just the tug at the other end of the line is very addicting. And yes, sir. Uh, there's, no, there's no other simpler joy in life than having that tug at the other end and then not knowing what it is. It's like a Christmas uh, present, right? Yeah, um, I would say uh, I'm a pretty simple guy, and as far as the tournament scene and, and striving to win the events, I just want just a little bit of recognition. I feel like I have something to prove that I can prove, um, and that whole journey itself to accomplish things, having having a trophy to put on your shelf. Um, and feel accomplished because you, you did your, your homework because you, um, put it, just all of it together because you got up at four o'clock in the morning after doing your reading, after studying a couple hours the night before, um, uh, doing a lot of things that a lot of people won't do, um, in the end, getting rewarded for it. Um, that ultimately is probably, I could say what keeps me, um, going with it yeah it's just uh, the end goal and, and the recognition after if you really putting in work um so yeah that's it
0: man that's a great answer and that sweet taste of accomplishment tastes so so sweet
1: <laughs>
2: it certainly does
0: awesome man well thank you for coming on the show tonight um one last question for you before you leave it's one i ask every guest do you have a fishing story to share be something funny sad tragic what's the biggest fish you've ever caught what's something you can come up with
2: oh man i i I know you asked this question i don't know why i didn't think about it before i came on here um (laughs) give me a second here okay yeah i could i got got a little something it may not be the most exciting story i have but uh it's definitely a, a funny one that or a cool one that I have. Um, so when we, Brad and I, we fish a lot. We still fish a lot. Uh, when we first started fishing, we would always bank fish and we would, you know, bank fish the river or go to a lake. It was always bank fishing there until we got our, our kayaks. And even when we first got our kayaks, we would still do some bank fishing and, and you know, leave the kayaks behind. But we found this. Pond slash lake, uh, kind of isolated in the back. It was private property of some sort, but it didn't like have a, an immediate house on it or something. It was it was not too far off from the river. Um, there was like a little uh, trail that would go off the off of this just road, and there was a little trail that had a bunch of trees, and it was really kind of over overrun with brush but you could still get a vehicle back through there and you could see that vehicles had been back through there at times and uh there was a lot of like ditches and dips but you, you drive back there and there's room to park and, and like hide hide a vehicle and all the brush nobody would see you back there and it was just one of those places that we found looking at maps and stuff and we probably went out there i don't know for a year year and a half there we would we would hit that spot just kind of and then for like a couple weeks in a row we were really on to that spot and we would go out there and uh we were catching i don't know a little, <laughs> a little bat a little 11 12 inch bass and we thought it was such a good time and then one week i caught my biggest crappie i ever caught there which was like the way I measured it at the time, I've got a picture of me holding it up. The mouth is open and everything. It came to like fifteen, fifteen and a half inches. It might have been a little bit smaller than that at this point with how we're correctly fit, you know how we measure fish now. but I caught I was just throwing like a natural uh, crank bay Rapala crank bay, and I ended up hooking that. I mean, this is before I had gear of any sort. I was using hand me down. Uh, rods and stuff we were just out there having a good time catching trying to learn this thing and uh I ended up catching that crappie and got the picture with it I released it and then we went back like a week later or something and we we ended up going to the same place and it was a spot of, like I don't know a few hundred yards down we just decided to try to hit another another part of this pond lake and at that, you know, we were catching, again, 11 and 12-ounce bass, and then before I left, I caught another 15-inch crappie. Uh, i do not sure if it was on the same lure, but I think it was also with the crankbait. And uh, I just kind of matched what I did the prior week, and it was too. I don't crappie fish a whole lot, even though I should probably start doing it a little bit more. Um, but just, it was kind of funny that i matched what I did the prior week and caught, uh, I don't know if it was the same crappie or if it was just, there's big crappie in the place we were going, but that's just one of the, the funny memories I have, uh, before jumping into the kayak scene, like I have now some little tucked away private pond, it might have been a gravel pit at one, po- one point or, or still is or something, but, uh, yeah, my biggest crappie ever. I caught twice. So uh,
0: that's funny, man. That's awesome. Uh, I have memories of when I was younger finding some um, some ponds and stuff off the road. And I don't suggest anyone trespass, but you know when you're young and dumb, and you know you see some good water, there's nobody around. You know, and I kind of don't blame you for jumping
2: the fence and fishing it. But uh, yeah, that's, it's, that's an interesting story, man. <laughs> makes some of makes some of the best fishing memories that we all have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you definitely remember if it's a little bit dangerous. <laughs> right
0: (laughs) all right justin well thanks for coming on the show man i really appreciate it it's always a joy to talk to you and like i said again um i just did the podcast with uh justin on buckeye kayak fishing so definitely check that out this guy's uh whether he wants to admit it or not he's definitely becoming a stick so and i definitely expect to see more out of you this year man so good luck to you for the rest of the year and uh Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned. Uh, We have more to come on the
1: Yak Legion podcast. Now a word about all the awesome companies who support the Yak Legion and Buckeye Kayak Fishing podcasts. Venom Lures. Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures, and inventor of the DK Rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned Rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at VenomLures.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak Strictly Sailing Kayak is located in Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat Kayaks. They've been providing high-quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at StrictlySaleInc.com. American Tackle. American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave line guide system, sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. Dakota Lithium Batteries. Tired of your fish finder powering down halfway through the day? sick of replacing batteries year after year no need to fear because dakota lithium is here dakota lithium makes the best outdoor batteries hands down with many options and accessories to power your electronics while on your kayak or in boat check them out on facebook and at dakotalithium.com arachnet security system keep your valuables safe under the net as a giant black widow spider guards your gear the arachnet security system Great for kayaks, tents, campers, and all that gear packed in the back of your truck. The Arachnet security system can be found at arachnet.net. Real Fishing Co. Need a logo or decals for your business or YouTube channel? Custom gear with your brand's image? Check out Real Fishing Company at realfishingco.com. Steve Davidson does great work and even made the logo for Yak Legion. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. The biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out the website at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com for event information and details. Come out and fish with us. Check out the Buckeye Kayak Fishing podcast on Anchor.fm and all other major podcast apps. It's the official Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail podcast. We talk with tournament trail winners and get the juicy details on how they won. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at the Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the, the Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page. Every decal sold goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will give you a shout-out on the podcast to stay, say thanks for the support.
0: And I'm back. Thanks for listening to that interview, guys. It was great talking to Justin Marshall. He's been a good friend of mine for a few years now. We kayaked a lot together and really learned a lot from him and uh, follow a lot of people that he follows. And, uh, he's a great fisherman and a, and a great guy. So thanks again for coming on. And he won the uh, Strictly Sail Cincinnati Lakes event. Uh, brought to you by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. So uh, you can hear um, another interview I did with Justin on the Buckeye Kayak Fishing podcast. And of course, that's the official Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail podcast. So check out that interview, guys. Check out the podcast. And let's get into it, man. I got Christian here tonight, and uh, we're going to talk about a few projects we've been working on. And then our Yak Legion's um, Lake of the Week segment, we're going to. Go over that. This week's lake is uh, Alum Creek, so we're going to get in some information about that. I know it's a popular lake here in Ohio, and and I apologize for last week. Uh, Easter week was kind of crazy. We had some tornadoes roll through my area, and it was it was pretty rough. Um, my power was out for several days, and didn't really get a lot of podcasting done. Um, this <laughs> past weekend, I went to the emergency room and had vertigo and high blood pressure problems. I thought I was having a stroke or something. So my wife made me go to the emergency room and and uh, ended up not being anything too major. I was still kind of dizzy, but my vertigo is getting a little bit better today. And uh, I kind of feel bad because I missed out on the Cincinnati Lakes event. I had planned to fish this event. And I was a little dizzy, man. I didn't really feel too good. Uh, how's it going tonight, Christian?
1: Oh, not too bad. I had to see that you're doing a little bit better than what you were the other day, Zach.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. I was feeling awful bad, and I've been feeling pretty rough this weekend. Today's the first day I actually feel somewhat normal, so I'm hoping that tomorrow I feel better. And I could get get out on the kayak again. Yeah. Now uh, I'd like to talk about the project that we did. Uh, we got together earlier this week, and um, before everything happened, and uh, we recorded a video at a uh, at a park pond, and um, it's got some cool drone footage in it. It's got some catch footage. Uh, me and uh, Christian both caught some bass down there, and uh, there's definitely some bass on the video. And that's a good time. It's more of an introduction video, so we kind of kept it short. We're kind of introducing our collaboration. Yak Legion and uh, OPH Outdoors are going to be um, um, calibrating. Calibrating. <laughs> I don't even think that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be uh Collaborating. I can't, yeah, I couldn't say the word. <laughs> I've done two interviews tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I'm tired of talking. It's pretty late. But um yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna work together and put out some videos, do have some cool um fishing videos, some how to videos and just chronicle some of our fishing adventures. So definitely check us out on YouTube. Uh hit the subscribe button, check out OPH Outdoors on YouTube as well. Uh, two great channels, and man, we're um, we're just getting started. Christian Christian's been running his uh, YouTube channel for a while; and it's been pretty successful. So, <clears throat> yeah, man, we plan to get the ball rolling. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, me too. We uh, we'll be able to put out a bunch of good videos together. I think the video the other day turned out really well that we put out. So, anybody listening, if you haven't checked it out yet make sure to go over to yak legion podcast the youtube channel and uh, check it out there's some really cool drone shots that i got in it of uh me on the kayak of the lake got some good footage of zack's fish that he got and then the uh, fish i caught that day too and we're gonna keep on working together to uh put out some good videos on his channel and my channel and yeah so if you Whatever you guys would like to see on the YouTube channel, make sure to let either me or Zach know on Facebook, Instagram, um, for the Acclegion podcast, or on one of our personal accounts. And we can make any video, pretty much, that you guys would suggest um, for you guys to see.
0: As long as it ain't too racy. I'm not going out there uh, Fat Cat Newton style on a pair of Daisy Dukes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite that far. <laughs>
0: fun stuff man so thanks everybody for the support and check out the channels so let's get into alum creek i know this is a place that you're very familiar with uh you fish it quite a bit on your kayak and your bass boat um what's some information you'd like to share And you don't have to give away your honey hole but uh, what's some information (laughs) on a fisherman a kayak fisherman maybe wanting to do a trip out to alum creek for the first time
1: Alright, so first off, we'll start off. Alum is a big lake in Ohio, or one of the bigger lakes in Ohio. I believe it's 15, a little bit over 15 miles long from the dam all the way up into the creek. Um, There's three pools. There's a south pool, middle pool, and upper pool. Um, The south pool is from the dam to the Cheshire Road. From Cheshire Road, I believe, to Howard Road, it is, is the middle pool. And then once you get up above Howard Road, it is an all-no-wake zone. So that would be a great place for kayaks to be. There's a boat ramp right there on Howard Road. There's no-wake zone, and there's coves all up through the upper part of the lake. Um, So I haven't fished there too much. Um, I've heard people having good luck up on the northern part of the lake, especially this time of year when the water up there is a little bit warmer and changes a little bit more than the main lake because the main lake still like low 50s right now low 50s high 40s um so up there is going to be probably mid 50s right now on these warmer days so that'll be good since the water temps warm and um it's no wake zone so you don't have to worry about boats flying by um, personally i like the south pool best that's where i've had the most luck and um where i catch the most fish and biggest fish so um i'm trying to think so the south pool actually has quite a few uh boat ramps on it there's the new galena boat ramp there's the marina boat ramp and then there's the cheshire road boat ramp right there next to the south pool um and i'm trying to think probably the well if it's open the marina boat ramp um would probably be the best one to launch from right now um other than that, the Cheshire Road is pretty good. Around Cheshire Road is all pretty good fishing. There's a few really good coves around it, um, but really, pretty much all three boat ramps around the co- or around uh, the South Pool by the dam are pretty good areas to start fishing on the lake. So it does get relatively deep. The middle of the lake, um, I've marked spots up to 50 foot in the middle of the lake. Most of the time I'm fishing, I'm fishing between um, either on drop-offs from ten to thirty foot, or up shallow less than ten foot on the lake.
0: Wow, that's good information, man. I've never fished there myself. <coughs> I know the total park is uh, four four thousand six hundred thirty acres, with the lake yep. itself of the reservoir being three thousand three hundred eighty seven acres. And so that's a that's a very large place. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's real large, especially for I mean a lot of people. <coughs> um listening, if you haven't been there, you've most likely been to Cowan Lake. That's where a ton of the kayak fishing tournaments are. So you've been to Cowan Lake, you know Cowan Lake's size, and I believe Cowan is like six hundred or seven hundred acres compared to somewhere like Allen which is over three thousand acres. So I mean it's a big yeah, but- lake. The only only bad thing about it is you gotta be careful because um once it starts warming up, there's a bunch of boats out there on the lake. So you just gotta be careful in a kayak. Just stay closer to the shore uh, because there's some shallow areas near the shoreline that kayaks can get but boats can't get. So as long as you stay close to the shore when uh, going up and down the lake trying to get to more spots, then you'll be golden. doesn't matter what pool you're in. Just stay close to the shore. Don't go out to the middle.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty good advice. I know uh, East Fork Lake in my area is really bad with boat traffic. Yep. And uh, those pleasure boaters, man, they, they can really make it hard to do to, to, to kayak fish. It's and people are just dumbasses, man. They're out there yeah. drinking. They're flying up and down the lake. They're not paying attention. Um, it can turn into a very dangerous situation really quick.
1: Especially because last year I went out with my boat um, last May. I was coming into the boat ramp while coming into the no-wake zone. I'm in the no-wake zone about 10 yards, 10, 20 yards, and here comes this big cruising boat, and he decided not to pay attention to the no-wake zone. And I'm going there. It's already a waving day. He's 20 foot from my boat and decides to take off. His waves, like my boat gets in the middle of his waves and that his waves crash over my bow of my boat, And it completely flooded all my compartments and almost flooded the boat, too. So there's people out there that are like, don't care about anybody out there except themselves. So you just got to be careful on bigger lakes like that.
0: Jeez, man. Yeah, there's a lot of dumbasses out there. I see the campgrounds. The campground's pretty nice, there's 286 (laughs) electric campsites and they're both in wooded and sunny areas uh some of which overlook the lake uh they're premium sites um each site has electric uh there's 24 hour full service campsites uh they offer electric sewer and water hookups Heated shower facilities with flush toilets, beach and boat ramp for exclusive use for overnight guests, mm-hmm. basketball courts, volleyball, miniature golf, horseshoe pits, and playgrounds. There's many mm-hmm. nature programs. There's a dump station, and pets, pets are welcome here. They also have a disc golf course. I have 18 mm-hmm. uh, player's choice, a player's course. It's uh, located uh, near the new, ga- new Gallon.
1: New Galena.
0: Yeah, New Galena launch area.
1: Yep, there's um, there's always a bunch of people out there playing disc golf whenever you're whenever I'm unloading or loading my boat. There's a really nice disc golf course there, and there I mean that lake pretty much has something for everybody there.
0: Yeah, they got a dog park and yep. they have um getaway rentals, they do cabins and stuff like that. And, of course, fishing. Uh, there's quite a bit of history to this area, too. I don't really know if I want to get into reading all this. But, um, they found archaeological remains of the Adena culture there. Uh, they lived in the area more than 2,000 years ago. Um, they found seven mounds constructed by the mound builders were identified along the creek. Six were ex- ex- excavated before the valley was flooded. Although archaeologists did not believe they were burial mounds.
1: Okay, so with that being said, I've got something interesting that you're going to be like you're you might some people may be freaked out about going there is uh, actually last year there was a reporting of a dead body found at Allen Creek. It ended up being so because it's I just thought of it because you mentioned those mounds. If you go in between in the Southern Pool or the Middle Pool in between Cheshire Road and Howard Road, one of those mounds is in the creek channel. Well, wow. every once in a while, you'll see you'll see bubbles coming up from the bottom of the lake um, in, like, 30 foot of water. And what happened is, um, there used to be, that was a burial ground right there, and that actually sometimes um, bodies will make its way up through the mud and float up to the top of the water.
0: Wow, that's something else. You wouldn't think yep. a bone would float up like that. Maybe they just yep. watch up to shore.
1: Yeah, it's... It's definitely weird. Like, I've been there and seen bubbles start to come up. I don't fish around that area too much. Um, it's pretty much all bluff walls around there, and I just – I don't like fishing bluff walls that much, and yeah. that's in a pool. I don't really fish that much. But, yeah, I mean, you've got a chance if you're up there. It, it's very rare that it happens, but every once in a while they'll find a body floating in the water that's floated up from the bottom from the um, cemetery that used to be there or the burial ground.
0: Wow, that's something else. Now, I know the Delaware Indian tribe occupied several villages near Alum Creek. Um, a large t- town was located where the city of Delaware now stands on the banks of the Olentangy River. The Indians cultivated a 400-acre cornfield in what is now presently downtown. Um, yeah, man, they they ruled these lands. They were running in the 1700s, it looks like. Uh, so, in 1805, Colonial Moses Bybacks, uh, sorry if I misspelled his name, was one of the first settlers <laughs> in the county. He built his home on Alum Creek and named the township Berkshire after his native Berkshire, Massachusetts. He owned 800, uh, no, 8,000 acres on the creek and was co-owner of 30,000 more. These were military lands, which he later sold for two fifty to ten dollars per acre. I mean I'd like to get in on that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was pretty cool. There was a fort there as well. At the threat of the war of eighteen twelve, the frontier counties began building structures to defend themselves in case of Indian attack. A small fortification known as uh, Fort Cheshire was positioned at Alum Creek. The building was later used as a schoolhouse and stood until the Civil War. A bronze plaque commemorates the site where the fort once stood and is now in the Parks family campground. So, pretty cool information. There's a, I mean, if you get on here and look at the state parks website mm-hmm. and look at Alum Creek, uh, there was um, part of the Underground Railroad ran through Alum Creek. Oh wow Uh, There's all kinds of information about that So check it out guys Alum Creek Dam is part of the flood control plan For the Ohio River Basin Uh, The lake was authorized by Congress In the Flood Control Act of 1962 Construction began in 1970 And was completed in 74 And it is managed by the Army Corps of Engineers uh, The Huntington District Yep, yep so a lot of cool information, man. There's definitely a lot of fish in there, a lot of yep. Uh Is there any good catfishing out there?
1: Yeah, there's a, actually, um, so there are, I've heard there's some really big catfish out there. I've never catfished out there, but I've heard there's really big catfish. And that's what something I was going to mention about all the different species that they have in the lake too. Um, so really, when you hear Alum Creek, a lot of people think of strictly like, they're like, oh, they're like, that's an awesome smallmouth lake which it is. There's a lot of really, really big smallmouth out there. My buddy's has got a few five-and-a-half-pounders out there, um, smallmouth. And, I mean, there's some big ones out there if you find them. Um, they also have largemouth bass, which is actually what I've caught the majority of out there. Um, most of the time, I'm just catching largies out there, not really many smallies. They have rock bass. They've got bluegill, perch, crappie. Yeah, crappie. Um, then they also have muskie, walleye, um saw guy and catfish i'm not sure what all types of catfish they have but they've got some pretty big uh, fish out there too and yeah. uh for your for you anglers if you're looking for spots well not like spots or anything but like good ideas of where to start um there's a few spots in the lake where there used to be like in channels and uh in coves and stuff where there used to be bridges that went across the water. And when they flooded it or, well, they flooded it. And at some point they end up blowing up both sides of the bridge so that the bridge fell straight down into the water. So there's a, there's a few spots where there's bridges underneath the water. There's a few spot where there's house foundations in the water. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of deep structure in that lake. So
0: Awesome man, awesome! Thanks for coming on and sharing that these details, man. No I've never been there myself, but uh, I know it's a popular lake here in Ohio, and I know you've uh, really enjoyed it over the years. And yep, uh, glad to talk about it. There's also a lot of hiking trails. I think there's what four hiking trails. Uh, they're all pretty easy, with one moderate trail, yeah. and there is mountain biking trail. There's three trails, one being easy, moderate, and then difficult. So, mm-hmm. uh, sounds like a fun place to take your mountain bikes. Sounds like a fun take place to take your family. So, um,
1: yeah, but I'll definitely get you out there on the boat or on the kayaks and uh, I'll get you on some bass out there, Zach.
0: All right, man. Uh, it sounds good. I can't wait. And thanks everybody for listening. And until next time, tight lines.